Thank, thank, thank you very much. Um, uh, good morning, uh, all members, our support staff, everybody is on the platform. Uh, a very good morning to you all. Um, today we we are meeting uh, the Department of Employment and Labor, uh, who are going to engage us on the 2022 uh, appropriation bill. Um, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I, I take it that the delegation is led by the oral minister, uh, Honorable Tulas Nwesi. I hope uh, the deputy minister, Honorable Bitumelo Muloi, is also on board, and the DG, uh, Mr. Tobile Lamati, uh, and the whole uh, <clears throat> employment and, and labor family, you are, you are, you are all welcome. Uh, we'll be engaging with your, your good selves on the 2022 uh, <clears throat> appropriation bill. Before we proceed, can I check uh, with you, Darren? Uh, do we have any apologies? Chairperson, no. The only apology we received was on behalf of the Minister of Employment and Labor who was attending the cabinet meeting. Okay. You guys, we don't have any other apologies, Chair. So who's leading the delegation? The Director General. Okay. Uh, 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 DG? Deputy Minister, I mean, uh, Honorable Chairperson, I'm here in the platform. Oh. I, I'm sure whether uh, is it for officials or, or what? No, no. I've, I've, I remember in my introduction, I did welcome you. I was just checking whether you, you are not uh, perhaps didn't join the minister, wherever she is. We did welcome you at, 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 at DM, uh, Honorable Witumelo uh, Muloi. Um, thank you very much for uh, <clears throat> for being in the in, in our in, in our meeting. As you know, we are dealing with the the, the 2022 uh, <clears throat> ap, 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 appropriation bill. I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll proceed a, a few housekeeping rules. Uh, whoever is talking expect that uh, both her mic and the video are on um, but the rest of us should have our, our 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 microphones off until such time that you have got a contribution to make uh, honorable uh, uh, deputy minister Mutumelo Muloi, we were going to give you about 45 minutes uh, and you and your team uh, to make your, your your presentation, and and then after that, uh, you bring back the meeting back to me, and the oral members would make their inputs, uh, and after that again will allow you and the team to to respond. Uh, DM, um, the meeting is back to you. Um, thank you very much, uh, honourable uh, chair and your esteemed members of SCOA. Uh, yesterday, I'm sure you are aware uh, that it was our budget day in the National Assembly uh, through the mini plenaries. And today we are here having been invited by SCOA, a parliamentary committee empowered by section four, subsection three of the money amendment procedures related matters to re request briefing on what the budget is buying. Part of what I'm, I'm going to be saying, um, honorable members, um, uh, is that I, I would like 
how this, I like how these events uh, are flowing from one to the next. Uh, I must say that, uh, uh, as, of course, as we are here, a Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labor is also sitting uh, as we speak uh, with CCMA and among the questions you might have asked about, or you are going to be asking about the CCMA. So we are having two committees sitting at the same time discussing almost the same matters. So CCMA is the only matter that I will touch on in my exploitation of this generosity you have offered me, Honorable Chairperson, as all other items in our presentation will be capably handled by our DG and the Tobile Lamati. And perhaps before I can even go any further, uh, as already alluded to the fact that uh, our minister, Dr. Tulas Mwesi, is currently attending the cabinet meeting and who would have loved to have been here as well. As a result, uh, he sends his apology, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Chairperson and esteemed members of the committee, uh, these tough economic conditions do really call upon on all of us to be extraordinarily creative and innovative. And in the Department of Employment and Labor, uh, we do try, but it was tough in, in the last financial year, particularly when all of us were met by huge uh, budgetary cuts. I'm sure all of us are aware of that, occasioned by uh, not only the sluggish economy, by the COVID-19 uh, also. So these huge cuts in our department were more pronounced in one of uh, our entities, especially the CCMA was the hardest hit uh, 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 I know uh, in our department, uh, one person who was not getting any sleep was the, our, our accounting officer, the DG. Uh, he had us and he had the committees of parliament and he had many other people asking him, where is the money for CCMA? And I'm sure he's going to be elaborating further on this matter. So in this particular meeting, uh, you are asking us to as to whether the, the proposed additional allocation of 120 million uh, over the NTF uh, is sufficient uh, to address the increasing uh, caseloads with, within CCMA. At least you are asking us about the additional funds, not about the budget cuts. Chairperson, honorable members, uh, 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 normally when we are asked about the, the budget cuts, one of the expenditure areas uh, that was hardest hit was the remuneration of the commissioners uh, in the CCMA itself and everything else connected with that. Uh, it therefore makes sense to us to start there when we get any money whatsoever. So during this presentation of the 2022-2023 budget, an additional 39 million was made available to the CCMA in particular from the 120 million allocated to the CCMA over the MTF period. And among others, uh, uh, honorable members, uh, 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 these funds will be utilized to increase in part-time commissioners allocation. Uh, but we must also hasten to say, then say that uh, they may not be restored uh, uh, to previous, I mean, to pre-COVID-19 uh, levels. And yes, honorable chairperson, we are still deep in the forest. Uh, if you get what I mean, because we even with the additional funding provided to the CCMA, there remains a lot of prioritization, reprioritization, as well as creativity that must be done. With the little that we have, there are still many other areas that will still uh, will be affected, like the sheriff's board processes. 
Uh, but Chairperson, as I've already indicated, that we have among us the capable Director General of the Department uh, who is here, and he's with the, our, our CFO, and at the Maduna, uh, we've got the COO, um, Mayor Masha Bronkost. We've got also <coughs> here um, uh, Deputy Director General that is Sam Rotoba, uh, who's also responsible for public employment services. And I think we've got, among others, we've got um, commissioners, um, both of UIF and the compensation fund amongst us. So at this point in time, Honorable Chairperson and esteemed members of the committee, uh, uh, if you allow uh, that I ask the DG and the team to get into the nitty gritties. Uh, of uh, the meeting, and I thank you for your audience, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you so much. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson, and the Honorable members of the committee, TM, uh, and the colleagues. I'm going to ask Matape um, to um, put up the presentation, Chairperson, um, uh, Ms. Mataboche. Thank you. Move, move the slides, please. So the, the, the presentation chair will consist of the, the following items, the introduction, which will cover the background to service delivery environment, our budget allocation, um, which is vote 31, progress on youth employment initiatives and the budget allocation for CCMA and all other issues that the committee may uh, wish to uh, ask us. The, I'm gonna breeze through the slides Chair on the constitutional mandate and the policy mandate of the department, um, uh, uh, assuming that the committee has read those and move straight into the slide that has to do with the with the budget allocation, and then we start the discussion. Matapel, uh, can you move to that slide? So the allocation. Firstly, before we go to the allocation, just to indicate that, uh, yeah, the slide is okay. Just to indicate that uh, this is the these are the programs uh, of the department, which is administration, inspection and enforcement services, public employment services, labor market policy and industrial relations, unemployment insurance fund, compensation fund. These two are scheduled to a public entities, still tied, still tied though um, um, with, the, with the department. Next slide. The next slide uh, are the entities that are fully um, um, scheduled 3A entities that are not tied with the department, except in the fact that they, they, they continue to implement the mandate of the department. Um, when I mean tied, um, the two funds, UIF and compensation fund, uh, due, to the, due to their legislation, they still make the the director general is an accounting um, authority and in, they have uh, advisory boards um, instead of a fully fledged uh, boards. So we are in the process of uh, unbundling them um, so that they can be fully fledged uh, Schedule 3A entities. So Commission for Constellation Mediation Arbitration, CCMA and uh, NEDLEC Productivity South Africa supported employment enterprises are also um, uh, entities of the, the department. This just to show the committee our footprint. Um, 
We have 125 labor centers across the country, and we have nine we have nine provincial offices, and of course, with the head office and the two funds and the and the entities that I've spoken about. Um, provide services. We provide services at 30 satellite offices for one two song centers and 447 visiting points. Next slide. So these are the um, the um, medium term. In the I'm sorry. In the mid, these are the priorities that the Department of Labor um, um, shoulders as part of its uh, mandate in terms of um, the medium term strategic framework of government. Uh, priority one: a capable, ethical, and developmental state. Priority two: economic transformation and job creation. Priority three: education, skills, and health. Priority four, consolidating the social wage to reliable and basic services. And priority five, special development, human settlements and local government. Uh, priority five, uh, we are not directly, uh, it's not directly applicable to us, um, but we've, we put it there because we participate in the district model um, that has been adopted by, uh, by, by government and by virtue of the location of our offices um, in those districts as well. Priority six, social cohesion, safer communities. Priority seven, a better Africa and a better world. Next slide. So this is just a distribution um, in terms of uh, how each program um, fits into the priorities as, uh, as outlined. Next slide. Chair, this is a slide that I was talking about, slide 13. For the 2022-2023, our final allocation is is, uh, 3.9 billion. um, And with a baseline increase of 396 uh, million. So over the MTF, um, you can see that we have increases uh, from for 2023-2024, we have 412 million, and then for um, for for 2024, 2025, it's um, it's 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 41. Now, the increases to the baseline across the medium term are mainly in respect of a newly introduced allocation for the government technical advisory center, GTEC, as well as an increased allocation for commission for conciliation, mediation, and arbitration. As part of the presidential um, employment uh, uh, initiative, we were, uh, we have um, appointed GTEC as an implementing um, agent to assist us um, with the with with youth um, with with youth employment um, in partnership, of course, with the 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 youth development uh, agency. So that's that's the that's the purpose for that for that allocation, and of course we have signed an agreement with uh, with GTEC on that score. So the budget additions um, and and also reductions for CCMA for 2022, um, we we've we've increased their their budget, and in fact across the MTF, um, uh, their budget has been increased. The COE for 2020 for 2022 2023 
2023, we, ex we expect a reduction of six, six, six million. And in 2024, we expect that uh, reduction to, to continue. For goods and services, we have a reduction of 844,000. Um, and, and for the next 2023-2024, um, it's, it's just over 1.3 million. And for 2024-2025, it's just 1.4. So for GTEC, the allocation is for the two um, financial years, 2022-2023 and 2023 and 2024. So those are the, the allocation. And we have not been um, given an, an indicative allocation for, uh, for, for 2024 and 2025 for this program. Um, the SCE, um, there's an allocation of 7 uh, billion, and that, that also increases um, in the next financial years um, from 7292 to 7355 and 76884. So the baseline increase of um, sitting at 396, um, so 3.9 billion. Um, as the as a total allocation for the department, including the entities. Next slide. The earmarked allocations. Uh, CCMA is getting a, just over a billion, and um, and that increases um, over the the next two financial years, um, from one one oh four six to one oh five one, and in the last um, the outer year. Uh, from uh, the, the last outer year to 1097. The compensation fund, that allocation is for all the public servants, uh, given the fact that the government is, a, is an exempted employer in terms of the compensation uh, for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act. So this allocation um, sits in the public employment services budget for all the um, claims for public servants that are injured on duty or contract an occupational disease um, to work. And of course, that GTEC allocation. NetLEC will be getting uh, 58 million, Productivity South Africa, 61 million, um, SCE 166, and the total earmarked uh, allocation, uh, which is uh, transfers to the entities including GTEC this time around, is just over 1.6 billion. And the compensation of employees uh, is 1.4. And that's uh, there's a ceiling on that, and that uh, budget may not be reclassified. And that leaves us for 2022-2023 with a budget of uh, just over uh, 308 uh, billion. Next slide. Final allocation is uh, at 3.9, the less transfers 1.6, and the COE ceiling 1.4. So in essence, for us to be able to do the work that we do um, is, we, we have a budget of uh, 868 million, and uh, that budget increases over the, uh, the, the next two uh, outer financial years. So what are, the, what are our pressures uh, for 2022-2023 that were created by the budget reduction? For one, transport equipment and vehicles. Um, we, um, we have inspectors, we have um, 
we have um, um, we have officials that that uh, that go out to also canvas for for job opportunities uh, under public employment uh, services. Um, so transport is a very important tool of trade um, for, for for the department, and and that will be affected. Also, we're building new offices. Um, and the procurement of furniture, um, you know, is also going to be af- affected. Um, capital projects, new labor centers, um, the, there's a greater demand for us to have um, new labor centers, especially in the, uh, in the, in the townships. I can, ima- I can mention Kailicha, for, the, for instance, there's, there's been a demand for us to have the labor center there. That will also be affected. And uh, the renovation of the Ulundi Labor Center, as well as the installation of Georgia water tanks and generators that should be finalized with the agency. We've identified those Georgia tanks and generators as part of our business continuity uh, uh, plan, uh, because when uh, when there's load shedding, often we have to send staff um, home and we lose that day in terms of uh, service delivery. And also when, when we don't have water, we often have to send staff home because we can't run an office where there's no water. And in order to mitigate that uh, that risk, um, we we thought of Georgia water tanks and generators. And other machinery and equipment limitation in the acquisition of laptops and desktops for newly appointed officials for the financial year 2022 and 2023. Next slide. On youth employment initiatives, the slides that follow will appraise the committee on overall possible service delivery implications of the proposed allocation of 11.7 billion over the 2022 MTF relative to the 2021 budget estimates. They will appraise, we will appraise the committee on the degree of effectiveness and efficiency in the utilization of funds allocated towards the first and second phase of the presidential youth employment initiative, including expenditure report. We will also further appraise the committee on the effectiveness of plans and allocations linked to the proposed budget allocation towards the third phase of the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative. These components are being coordinated by the PMO in the presidency and implemented by different line departments. As a department, we are co-partners in this process and are specifically responsible for the implementation of the Pathway uh, Management Network, which is a core component of the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative. The focus of the stimulus and the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative is reflected in the following slides, and we then concentrate on the responsibilities that we hold as a department. Next slide. Just a background to the Presidential Youth Employment Stimulus, as indicated, the President, the Presidential Employment Youth, the Presidential Employment Stimulus, is coordinated by the PMO and the Presidency and implemented by different departments and agencies. It is one of the key interventions under the Economic and Reconstruction and Recovery Plan and has thus far since October 2020 created over 850,000 opportunities through a combination of job creation, job retention and livelihoods and support programs. 85% of the jobs created by the presidential employment stimulus have gone to youth. This includes over half a million young people placed as school assistants since the inception of the stimulus. Slide. In this slide, we're indicating that the PYEI is a direct response to the challenge that too many young people are not transitioning from learning to earning 
The intervention sets out priority actions which together seeks to stimulate and aggregate demand and provide a seamless mechanism for young people to be linked to the opportunities generated and receive support appropriate to to their context and pathway. The core components of the PYEI are captured in the diagram as evidence the, the, the pathway management network which we have responsibility for is at the core of the PYE. Next slide. The PYEI components and responsibilities, um, the NSF and, uh, and the CITAS, those are the core outcomes, reorienting funding in the skilling system towards demand-led approaches, e.g. pay for performance model and create an agile skills planning mechanism for current and emerging demand, budget and targets uh, for 2021, 2022, and 2022 and 2023, um, budget of 100 million as part of the employment stimulus, target 8,000 young people trained and placed in employment. Um, this far the progress is that adjudication of pay for performance RFP is in progress. Um, the, the status uh, is that the, the National Skills Fund is in the final stages of the adjudication for the pay for performance model, waiting approval from the, the, the DG of uh, higher education and training. The DHET continues to coordinate demand led skilling work streams in the priority areas of the PYEI. If you look at the local ecosystem enablement, where we have DTIC and IDC, the they design and implement interventions that create an enabling ecosystem that young people, for young people to enter into and sustain forms of enterprise and self-employment. For 2021 and 2022, they, they, they didn't have a budget. The application for funding was not approved for phase two of the employment stimulus. And the status, they revised revise the fund design and will request for funding in the MTF was process additionally crowding in other sources of funding to enable a plot, a pilot to be implemented in 2022-2023. The committee is now active to coordinate all efforts in government to support local economies and to link more closely with um, district development model. Next slide. The National Youth Service, uh, these are the lead, lead department, uh, Youth, Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities, NYTA, GTEC, and the Jobs Fund, with the core outcomes being to create opportunities for young people to meaningfully contribute to their communities, develop critical skills, and expand their social capital. And the budget for that is 591 million as part of the employment stimulus, target 50,000 opportunities within six months. Progress recruitment is in progress, and status service providers have been contracted, and recruitment is underway to place all 50,000 young people through the National Pathway Management Network. The first 15,000 will be in, will be imposed this month, and the remainder in June. Next slide. The Pathway Management Network brings together work seekers and opportunity holders to address the barriers that young people face when seeking to transition into and succeed in the labor market. Uh, for the, uh, the employment and labor, GTEC and the Jobs Fund, the aim is to stimulate and aggregate demand, address barriers young people face and link them to opportunities uh, for earning, learning and support. For 2021-22, the allocation of the budget allocation was 238 million. 
for 2022 and 2023, the budget allocation is 304,934 million. This funding is an, e- is an earmarked allocation which to be transferred to GTEC, uh, who will manage the allocation of funds on our behalf. And we've uh, started uh, uh, doing that, started transferring um, money to GTEC um, in line with the drawdown agreement that we have with them. Targets for the funding for PMN Innovation Fund to have at least eight contracted intermediaries to implement projects against the aims of the PMN. Ecosystem manager ensures that uh, 300,000 young people registered on the PMN receiving support um, through multi-channels, including SA Youth Mobile, social media platforms, and physical sites of Department of Employment and Labor, NYTA, to 60,000 young people. 60,000 youth provided with access to employment opportunities and or income earning opportunities funded by government and or income earning opportunities from work created by themselves. This is over and above target of employment services um, system uh, in, in, in our APP. Next slide. So the focus of the work, the process of establishing and operationalizing the Pathway management network within the Department of Employment and Labor has comprised the following establishing the institutional and funding arrangements, securing funding from National Treasury as part of the presidential employment stimulus, and three, transferring the funds to Jobs Fund, GTEC, the partner appointed to support the implementation of PMN. The progress in this regard is reflected in the following slides. Next slide. We have signed a memorandum of understanding um, that we entered into between um, eight government departments with mandates relevant for addressing youth and unemployment and the NYTA to coordinate and implement the PMN. The agreement was developed in November 2021 and signed by all parties in March 2022. This has created the basis for the establishment, the establishment of a coordinating committee with the representatives from across these departments to guide and support the work of the PMN. In addition, Department of Employment and Labor, working with the presidency, has established a technical committee of network partners across government, private sector, and not-for-profit organizations. This committee is responsible for creating connections across the PMN to enable young people to have visibility across partners and to streamline this process for opportunity holders. To consolidate these arrangements, the partners have developed a draft cooperation agreement that commits partners to a set of key principles to ensure the success of the pathway management network. Next slide. Further, we have developed a cooperation agreement which provides a framework for collaboration between government and non-governmental partners, including private sector and social sector in building the national pathway management network as part of the presidential youth employment intervention. This creates a basis for additional partners to come on board to give expression to the commitment from all partners to ensure that young people are visible across the National Pathway Management Network and have equity of access to opportunities that are shared across the network. This cooperation agreement has not yet been signed by partners, but will be completed within the next quarter as arrangements are all finalized in terms of appointment of additional partners. Next slide. This cooperation agreement requires partners to commit to the following principles to be youth-centered, Uh, to ensure a streamlined process for opportunity holders, to promote inclusive hiring, to provide free access for for young people, and to comply with compliance with the protection of 
Personal Information Act and any other relevant legislation as applicable to the partners relating to the storage of data of the National Pathway Management Network. Slide. The status of the work efficiencies through bringing in other partners. In addition to the work we do through the Department of Employment and Labor Centers, we also have established partnership with government and non-government networks. Youth Explorer is located at UCT. It maintains a set of verified service points such as centers of higher education, social services, health services, and others. This information is available for pub publicly, is available pub publicly and can be used by other network members to provide accurate information to young people about nearby services. The Youth Explorer is supported by a range of development partners, youth service platform. Uh, the Department of Science and Innovation has partnered with MLAB Southern Africa to develop a national platform to enable particularly unemployed youth and youth-owned SMEs to address services and resources through existing intermediaries like hubs. The mobile application is targeted at youth as a primary users. To date, there's been just under 5,000 downloads of the app with users accessing education, employment, and education-related services in their area. Next slide. Status of uh, partnership with government and non-government networks, basic packages of support which is being implemented by UCT and UJ through this program. The National PMN is testing a new delivery model for promoting young people's inclusion, mental health and well-being, and to ultimately foster a reconnection to the education system and labor market. The CATA platform is a national career advice portal that provides young people with guidance on subject, career and occupation choices. NYDA is also a partner to the Pathway Management Network and through its jobs program will train 75,000 young people in 2022-2023 on job preparedness, work readiness and life skills training to pathway young people into opportunities. Slide. Further, we're developing strong partnership with the private sector, both through other networks and through a direct interface with employment opportunities holders in the public, private, and non-government sector. Key partners include YES, Youth Employment Services, which aims to create 1 million work opportunities for unemployed black youth and transform the lives of these young uh, this youth while helping to grow the businesses in which they are placed. CAPES, which is Confederation of Associations in the Private Employment Sector, and currently represent private employment services members from four affiliated associations, namely the Federation of African Professional Staffing Organization and, and, and the others. Next slide. And an MOA uh, was signed between Dell, GTEC, Presidents, and NYDA to establish the Personal Youth Employment Fund to deliver on the objectives of the PYEI specifically the PMN and the National Youth Service. This agreement was signed by all parties in September 2021 to leverage the capacity that government has developed with the, with, with the Jobs Fund. The Department of Employment and Labor and NYDA applied to the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer to request that the Jobs Fund, um, represented by GTEC here, establish the PYE Fund. This, the OCPO approval letter was received on the 11th of June 2021, including the administration cost an indication that GTEC will be responsible for contracting goods and services on behalf of Dell and ensuring that this is fair, equitable, transparent, and cost-effective. In April 21, Dell applied for funding for the oper oper operationalization of the PMN. 
The Dell's application was reviewed, and on 19 August 2021, the National Treasury issued an allocation letter approving the full amount. However, there were delays in the process, and the funds for the 2021-2022 was not transferred to the jobs fund by, by the financial year end. Next slide. To address the challenges, um, we, we have submitted a request for rollover to the National Treasury. Further, we have since reviewed our processes and we have now signed the SLA with GTEC, which will allow the budget for, to flow for 2022 and 2023 before the end of May. There's also a readiness to utilize the funds to GTEC or Jobs Fund. Um, the Jobs Fund has issued the request for proposals for partners in the Innovation Fund to allow the PMN to expand the way in which it reaches young people, the mechanisms in place to address barriers and to both increase the aggregate demand. The adjudication process is complete and now that the SLA has been signed, these appointments can now take place. The jobs fund is also with support from Dell received permission from the OCPO to appoint the pathway manager, which would in turn unlock further resources from both the private and develop, development sector. This appointment can now be finalized slide. Outcomes of the work thus far, since they officially launched the Pathway Management Network on 16 June 2022 by President, thousands of young people have been encouraged to access the network through various available channels. A total number of 612, 996,000 young people have been placed since the launch of the Pathway Management Network. Many of these young people have been placed as school assistants in phase one and two of the programs funded through the personal youth employment stimulus. The Pathway Management Network has also supported 144,884 young people to access work seeker cons- counseling. The Pathway Management Network is one of the most important mechanisms of creating access to opportunities for young people and to help transition them from learning to earning. Next slide. The recruitment of 250 psychology interns as part of their personal economic stimulus allocation the Presidential Economic Stimulus 2, which is under the Public Employment Services allocation of 200 million to Dell to create 215 10 opportunities for unemployment graduates, allowed the department to have the funding to undertake active labor market policy interventions to facilitate entry of unemployed graduates into a work, into a work and learning opportunity within Dell. Even though this is a one-year opportunity, there are a number of multiplier effects in terms of the collective impact of the intervention on both individual participants and those that they support. The focus of the 20 million in terms of the bid um, that was approved was to recruit intense psychologists for the purpose of capacitating labor centers to deliver on the mandate to provide support to many unemployed workers devastated by unemployment. Recruiting these professionals by doing psychology has proven to be an exciting process as they had to be carefully screened to ensure that they derive value from the opportunity. This is important because if we get the initial on board right, it helps us develop a core of young people that can make a significant contribution to government plans to build back the future. The program funding was allocated in early October and work immediately started on the recruitment. Thus far, 188 young people, young psychologists have been appointed. Dell also had to ensure that the psychologists have the correct registration for accreditation by the Health Practitioners Council, which govern counseling services in South Africa. Next slide. Continuing funding of the employment scheme, Dell requested the National Treasury to roll over the 20 million stimulus funds to continue paying the stipends to the new interns. 
This will also enable the Dell team that is working on the project to learn from the experience and implement the current year's recruitment much faster as no outside consultants are utilized and no further recruitment costs are incurred uh, by the state. This is a Dell effort working in collaboration with the Pathway Management Network and the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative team from the presidency for the month of March an amount of 182 935,000 was paid in stipend and for April 379,962 was paid. By the end of the program, Dell would have paid a total of 20 million to young graduates. The financial support and the work experience is, is immeasurable value to the participants in the employment scheme. Next slide. So this is um, number, um, the, 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 the number of uh, 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 this uh, 188 that have been appointed across the provinces. Um, I'm not gonna go through that chair if you allow. Next slide. Increased allocation to the CCMA during the preparation of the 2022 as I indicated, an additional 39 million was made available to CCMA from the 120 million allocated the CCMA over the MTF. These funds will be utilized as follows to address some of the challenges that are faced by the CCMA, increase in part-time commissioners allocation, uh, as mentioned by the deputy minister, resuscitation of the refresh process of the ICT infrastructure. Next slide. Despite the additional funding provided to the CCMA in response to the budget reduction that we experienced in the prior year, the following remained challenge. Unfunded vacancies were placed on hold as part of the reprioritization measures. Limited number of days were allocated to part-time commissioners in hearing cases. Continuous part-head uh, part matters because of limited capacity implementation of the enforcement strategy to execute CCMA awards and to enhance social justice. Consequently, the shadow board process will be affected. Next slide. The impact of budget limitation on the CCMA activities continues inability to implement the information technology strategy to improve the business process and deliver services. The CCMA discretionary mandate, that is training, has been severely reduced due to the complexity of the geographic areas that impact the CCMA in conducting the cases outside the provincial stroke regional offices, variable cost per case increase for costs such as venue hire, travel, accommodation, and subsistence cost due to the increase in fuel and other maintenance costs. Most of the travel costs in case, in case displacement is influenced by the vast travel distances. Uh, this is mostly in provinces such as Free State, Northern Cape, Limpopo, and the Eastern Cape. Equal pay for work of equal value, specific provision on EP, uh, equal, equal pay for work of equal value included in the EE Amendment Act and EE regulations and code of good practice developed and implemented, applicable to both public and private sector employers. Awareness campaign between 1891 31st May 22, trade unions to raise awareness and create work activities and monitoring of compliance done with the annual EE reports as submitted by the employers. CCMA and Labor Court can enforce compliance and issue remedies and penalties. Next slide. That's the end, Chair. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, thank you, DM. Uh, thank you, DG, um, for, the, for the presentation. Um, I will then uh, request the honorable members to interact with the presentation. Honorable members, you know how we do it. Can I get indications of honorable members who would like to 
uh, <coughs> to interact with the presentation, board members. Mlenzana. Honorable Mlenzana. Honorable Dekhali Chair. Honorable Dekhali. Members? Kaiso. Honorable Kaiso. Any other person? members i know some are a bit struggling with connectivity darren you you'll indicate uh, if the other members that would like to uh, pose questions Lenzana, please go yes uh, good morning chairperson uh, good morning uh deputy minister and uh, the team Perhaps a person uh, just wanted to show face that uh, at least I'm not a robot. If you allow me, I can switch off uh, the video because of poor connectivity. Please proceed, Lenzana. Uh, no, thanks, Chaperson. Thanks. Chaperson, <clears throat> uh, let me start by appreciating two things. One, let me appreciate the, the presentation. Uh, DM and uh, your team. Uh, it's a it's a very very clear narration of what the department is actually doing. And uh, two, let me also appreciate that uh, your programs, as you present, there's a clear attachment of uh, numbers uh, in terms of intervention and. Uh, it's mostly affecting uh, the youth. So then you are one way or the other assisting government in terms of trying to reduce this unemployment crisis uh, in the country. Chair, just uh, two things. One, let me check. Uh, as I'm saying, just I've been talking of the clear number punching uh, in terms of intervention. DM, one would like now to, to, to know in terms of uh, your cash flow, is your cash flow meeting, or no, let me put it the other way around. Is your uh, expenditure, uh, the actual, meeting your cash flow projections? Uh, I, I say you are talking of figures in terms of money. Uh, are you able to catch up in terms of spending with the money as projected? Uh, do you have enough capacity to spend, so to speak? Uh, that, that's one question that one would like. I see that uh, in your presentation, you are somehow crying of uh, the cuts and all. If now one would begin to want to stand in your shoes, would you have some justification that uh, the little that you have been given, you were able to spend uh, accordingly? Uh, that, that's one part. Then, then the second part uh, is, 
we we have been hearing from a distant DM about particularly during COVID, uh, when the COVID was at the height, that there would be allegations of a mismanagement, there would be allegations of corruption and all, particularly by those who would always cry foul about corruption. Uh, I don't want to be seen to be racist, Jefferson, hence I am trying to, to, to glide over this particular question. But, but, but Jefferson, if you feel that I'm gliding too much over, you, you as a chairperson will then be able to dig deeper for, for, for the DM to understand. It was only those two. Thank you, chairperson. Thank you, Arumbli Nzana. Arumbli Tikhali. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Good morning to you and the Honorable Members. Good morning to our Deputy Minister, Meva Luiria and the Department. Uh, Chairperson, let me join my colleague, Honorable Mlenzana, in welcoming the presentation, which as I was listening to it, it was specific, and you are able to measure what they are talking about. They, they even uh, put the, 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 the time frames, or let me just say the, the, the presentation was time bound. And on that note, we want to say we welcome the presentation, Chairperson. Yeah, I heard in the presentation they are talking about 850,000 opportunities that they created. Uh, I have a request that they tell us as to where are these uh, happening, in which provinces. And the other thing, if we can be finished with the information as to what are these people doing? Is it a, a six months employment or is it EPWP, CWP? Uh, those programs would want to know. And if it is uh, this six months uh, uh, job opportunities, person, how will we then come up with a, a plan or idea of assisting these people to have a permanent job? Uh, the other thing, Chair, I want to commend the department on the program of CMA because I have noticed that, um, uh, especially in my constituency, whenever people have challenges, they will run to the CCMA and they will come up with their, their stress removed. That's the only two things, Chair, that I wanted to talk about. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Honorable Tehale, Honorable Kaiso. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair and uh, Deputy Minister and the team. Uh, and thanks for the pre- detailed presentation which has been made uh, before the committee. <clears throat> uh, Chair, I, I just want to start here. Uh, first on the issue or which was presented on the last or uh, second last uh, slide of the Department of Labor, uh, which are a request, in fact, that they 
there should be a consideration of, you know, uh, by the Treasury to consider their uh, rollovers uh, so that they are able to complete uh, whatever that was not attended to uh, with the same uh, uh, budget allocation so so that at least they are able to to meet again those uh, demands or areas of you know services so that they can fulfill the objective of the i mean the mandate of the department um, i'm referring specifically on the issue of you know uh, uh, some unfunded vacancies uh, uh, goods and services uh, which is very key in order to you know to, to to deliver on the issues such as training and you know and, and a number of you know uh, areas of attention that they needed to to to, to complete so I, I think it's very very much important because you would understand the situation if there isn't no training no uh, workshop or whatsoever that is taking place on the ground uh, which is something that is necessary to, from time to time, to make sure that there's always a, a good relations at the workflow level, workplace level, uh, between the employers and the employees. So, in the absence of such training or intervention, it will create a very serious, uh, unstable uh, uh, labor practice. <clears throat> So uh, I, I think the, as a committee, we need to consider that request. Uh, but I also want to check, uh, you know, on the issue of affirmative action, how does the department has been able to, to confidently say that uh, this practice, uh, you know, uh, it has been, you know, uh, smooth running in as far as the information uh, filtering the department is concerned because I have a little doubt, I have a doubt that some private unscrupulous employ, employers have been violating this uh, you know continuously so I, I, I just want to get from the department what percentage of, of statistical information would you say there has been, you know, a, a good compliance or very bad compliance. Uh, who are the culprits? You know, are you, are, do you have the capacity to monitor that all along before even the uh, amendment uh, being in, in the process? So uh, I think it is also important because I, I think it's one of the cornerstone of our legislation in order to bring about transformation at the workplace level. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Chair, uh, it's on the, yeah, on the issue of, uh, Honorable Dikhala has raised the issue of ex expanded uh, public works program. What does the department do in order not to replace the ordinary public works, you know, uh, jobs with extended public works program, uh, such that now we are able to see that people are permanent, 
in their jobs or, you know, because otherwise, given the situation of unemployment and, 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 and levels of, 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 of poverty in the country, one would uh, readily, you know, uh, look for something that could sustain, you know, income uh, for, 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 for families. So such opportunities uh, would provide a, a better life for people, especially those that do not have jobs uh, in case, I mean, if they are employed permanently. Thank you very much, Chair. And lastly, Chair, uh, sorry, uh, can I quickly finish with this one? Because I want to not leave it. I don't know uh, uh, from the Departments of Labor perspective view, this matter of, you know, uh, some uh, chief executive officers, uh, both in the private and uh, in some, to some extent, state-owned entities, any exorbitant salaries, you know, uh, on top of what they are doing now, of, you know, uh, Denying workers the uh, living wage, you know, etc. At what point can the department come in in that particular space? Is there any way that we can come in that space such that this thing of chief executive uh, officers earning exorbitant salaries, uh, giving give themselves, uh, you know, uh, such as the one that of of Siban. Uh, whose chief executive is earning over 300 million rand uh, per annum, but workers cannot be given any uh, you know, reasonable increase. Uh, it's, I mean, it's really unfair. Uh, so I just want to know at what point is this matter now going to be attended at one, at one time because it really destabilizes uh, work, workplace and, and, and Thank you very much, Chair. Um, thank you, Honorable Kaiso. Can I check, uh, is there another honorable member that I might have left out? No. Let's see uh, a second bite, Honorable Lenzana. Do you have anything to add? No, Chair, I'm fine. I'm fine, Chair. Thank you. I will, Chair, I will only come around this question which i'm deliberately joking you to go deeper into no no please please, please go into it go into it Lenza. no fine no fine no fine no fine look dm uh we 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 have been receiving uh allegations flowing out there uh, they've never been formal to us as the committee relating to your service providers, some companies which exploited uh, the, the desperation that the country uh, was in during COVID. Uh, and now there were unclaimed, there were, there, there, there were claims which were made uh, in your department, unfounded and all. So if you could uh, put us at least on on the the clear spot, move us from the blind spot as to one, did it happen that uh, you have some of uh, the companies exploiting the department 
taking advantage of whatever uh, that you were faced with at the time. If yes, were you able as the department to pick up those? And what is it that the department is currently doing? Not necessarily uh, following this under 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 the normal uh, departmental procedures, but now in terms of naming and shaming, because if it were you and me caught uh, in this uh, type of shenanigans, our names would be flighted up there. But we don't see uh, the department intent doing the same. Perhaps it would be because of color, I do not know. Because for me, what I've actually, you know, uh, sensed and seen during this period was that corruption knows no color. Corruption knows no race. Everyone, if it's meant to be corrupt, would just be corrupt. And those of us who are committed to do good work, it's also regardless of color and race. Thanks, Chairperson. Thank, 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 thank you so much, Lenz, and I, I'm, I'm not sure why did you want uh, to hold back on that very important intervention. Uh, Orabul Tihale, do you have something to add? Uh, thank you very much. I, I think it gave to Amuela Apologia, your minister. And the, the presentation talks to transport, whereby Kailicha was given as an example, where there's a new labor center. If, if I can be clarified on that one, and also to check if ever these centers will be, will at the end be able to, to be in all our villages, in our constituencies, and so on and so on. I did not understand well what was happening on that one, if I can be clarified, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Tehale. Honorable Kaiso, do you have anything to add? No, I'm covered, Jay. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Uh, let, let me join the oral members by uh, uh, thanking the, the Deputy Minister, Honorable uh, Tumelo Muloi, and uh, uh, his uh, head, head for the pres presentation. And thank you, the oral members, for the issues that they have raised. I'll, I'll also be, a, a, be adding on them. <clears throat> uh, our priority number two is economic transformation and job creation. So <clears throat> I just want to check as far as economic transformation is concerned. How do you do it? How do you do it? And what would be consider how would you what would you consider to be your successes? Uh, and what are the challenges? And what are you doing with those challenges? A related question is it comes to the question of localization, which was which you have identified as one of the main things as far as the economic reconstruction and recovery plan is concerned. How is the department helping this process of uh, of, of localization. Related to that is the question of broad-based Black economic empowerment, which is the policy of this government to try and redress uh, what apartheid did to the Black people of this country. So it's not a by the way, it's a very important thing. 
what is the department doing to ensure that the broad-based black economic empowerment is attained in this country? And please tell us how you measure that. The next question is, what does productivity South Africa do? What do you consider to be their successes? What do you consider to be their drawbacks? And what are they doing about that? It's very important teach you that we should find the value that we are deriving as a country from this institution. The next question. In, in, the, in the financial year, that has just ended in, in March, by how much did you underspend or, or, or overspend in your whole budget? What were the causes of those uh, uh, underspending or, or overspending? And what are you doing about that? Perhaps you may add, what are, what are our expectations in the, in, the, in the current financial year? Next question. What is the status of employment is related to what Honorable Kaiso raised? What is the status of employment equity in our country's consent? Does the department do any research? And what do you do with those research outcomes? So I take it then, then we'll be able to get that, uh, uh, <clears throat> that answer. You, you are going to town about the recruitment of young people, uh, especially around the presidential employment initiative. The question, where do you employ these people? I'll tell you why. Um, when we go in, in the rural areas, the young people who are qualified, having a very good uh, degrees and diplomas and tertiary education and so on, they say we always hear about these initiatives, but they don't touch us in the rural areas. Can you share with uh, uh, this committee about your involvement in the rural areas as far as giving these young people employment opportunity as we have just uh, spoken about the, the number that we <clears throat> that you shared with the, with the committee. And when you talk about rural areas, please, uh, if you can, uh, just indicate the areas where you have been and where the, this program has touched the young people. And at DM, we always stress that if that information is not readily available, we always say that let's not be given convenient answers the department should be able to say, no, no, we're going to go back on that one and we're going to give you a, a, a proper and, 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 and detailed report as far as the question uh, or the questions are concerned. Let me jump to, to TERS. Please share with the committee the successes of TERS, how much has been spent, uh, the companies which have benefited, and also being in South Africa, if you can break down as far as uh, uh, black companies which have also benefited for this, from this uh, scheme, um, women-owned com companies which have benefited from, from, from this scheme, 
the businesses owned by young people benefited from this scheme. Uh, rural businesses who have benefited from this scheme. And then also having done that, please also share with us the challenges perhaps that you might have uh, uh, encountered as far as this is concerned. I'll tell you what, what informs my question is that uh, we, we have heard uh, that there are companies uh, who, who claimed on behalf of the, uh, of the employees, but never uh, <clears throat> give the employees their benefits. Um, share with us all those challenges that you have, you have, uh, <clears throat> that you have encountered as far as that is, 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 is concerned. Because in, in my dictionary, that is fraud. And uh, please tell us what you have done with that because it's a criminal activity. Um, um, would like to hear that if there are any cases which have been opened and the status of those cases. Let, let me come to the compensation fund. Please just share with the committee what is happening there. Assets under management in the compensation fund. What has been the audit outcome in the, in the past five years or so? My information says that the compensation fund have been receiving disclaimers, but please confirm that because if that's true, uh, that's very gross for a, 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 an organization like the compensation fund. And what, what has been the main uh, uh, um, concerns by the Auditor General as far as the compensation fund doing? What is the department doing about that? Um, just talking about disclaimer, it, it means the Auditor General saying, I can't form an opinion. Um, and that can't be normal uh, on, on that when, um, when people are being given that responsibility where the AG comes and say that I can't, I can't have an opinion on, 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 on your financial statements. What is happening about that? <clears throat> uh, Koida, uh, what has been the level of uh, compliance uh, by companies with this act? And uh, what is the department doing about that? Uh, I would leave it at that, uh, uh, Honorable DM. The meeting is, is coming back to you. We, you and your team, you decide which questions you, 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 you pick up. Once you are satisfied that all the questions that have been raised by the honorable members have been dealt with, you'll return the meeting back to me. Honorable DM, thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think I will start. Uh, uh, I'm not going to start with your your last question, Honorable uh, uh, Chair. You have raised a whole range of issues. I don't know whether um, such um, issues as raised by honorable members have they been uh, forwarded to us. Uh, I know that you are supposed to think, uh, you know. Uh, we are supposed to think on the job. We are supposed to think we must not sleep on the job, but think while. So we are supposed to respond. But I thought these are very comprehensive questions, especially the ones that are posed by the chairperson himself. So um, before I even go to what the chairperson says, 
uh, we must agree with the chair that uh, in other in the other information can be uh, su supplied in detail should the, the chair and the committee uh, so agree uh, that we can then later on, uh, we will respond to some of those questions that we can think uh, of uh, um, um, our heads. Uh, I must say that uh, if I have to start uh, with what you spoke about the last chair, let me just go directly to that. In terms of the COED, uh, uh, COED amendment bill, uh, we have brought this bill to parliament. I'm sure honorable members should be aware. Uh, we have brought it to parliament and, uh, 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 and currently uh, we, it was referred to the NCOP and uh, uh, for concurrence. And I think we, we, we got uh, the feedback honorable chairperson and honorable members that the NCOP has just concluded its work on this piece of legislation. Uh, so, so we, 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 we I think uh, uh, these are the uh, progress on 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 the the issues that relates to uh, the COEDA, and I think uh, honourable, I think the DG and the the, the uh, commissioners and those who are here can be able to elaborate further. But remember also why we brought this COEDA amendment bill to uh, was to include domestic workers. If you remember, uh, because of the case, that case that was subsequently uh, concluded uh, by the Constitutional Court of Me Masangu, who was um, who died uh, uh, after falling in a swimming pool uh, of his of her domestic uh, employer, and and subsequently didn't get anything, and the daughter took this case up to Constitutional Court. So we are doing this precisely to include, among others, uh, domestic workers under the category of employees. Uh, but also we are including a chapter dealing with rehabilitation and, and reintegration framework uh, for employees injured or who those who might have contracted occupational uh, diseases uh, at work. And uh, we are also reviewing uh, the benefit structure to improve benefits payment uh, to pay uh, to 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 both employees and their beneficiaries, but in terms of the <clears throat> uh, because the honourable chair you spoke also or some one of the honourable members uh, spoke about the issue of the employment uh, uh, equity. So um, uh, we have also um, uh, I think currently there is uh, that uh, employment equity amendment bill. Um, because uh, we have given employers an ample time, honorable members, to uh, uh, regulate themselves. And uh, we literally gave them a blank check um, to regulate themselves over the years. And uh, the fact that employers have not been able to come to their party, uh, uh, we, we felt that... Uh, ensuring that there is equity in employment and uh, that the designated groups are not necessarily left behind. Um, that is why we have actually brought this, uh, we are amending the Employment uh, Equity Act to empower the minister uh, and, uh, 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 and <clears throat> labor of employment and labor to regulate this sector specific uh, um, uh, employment equity targets.
So uh, we are doing this, um, we are doing consultations um, uh, with the uh, relevant uh, sector stakeholders um, and we'll also be uh, awaiting advice from uh, the Commission for Employment Equity. So um, we are also trying to amend the fact that not everybody, we, we, not all the employers, we are targeting uh, big employers uh, uh, because small employers, it is too much, there is tedious uh, uh, processes that they have to undergo. So we are saying small employers would be exempted uh, from complying with these uh, administrative uh, processes of uh, employment equity, uh, of conducting analysis of their, their workplaces, preparing uh, employment equity plans, complying with sector employment targets, uh, or submitting the reports. So uh, amendment uh, built, try to create a conducive environment for investment and for small businesses to grow and create jobs. Because now if you over-regulate those who are small, um, we might be stifling them to be able to do that which we want them to do. But uh, also, uh, honorable members, the, the amendments are intended to, to promulgate section 53 of this Employment Equity Act, uh, which deals with uh, issuing of employment equity uh, compliance certificates as a prerequisite uh, for access to state contracts or to conduct business with any organs of state. Because it, it can be that, um, 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 especially black, uh, big business, they, they, they play the devil's advocate. They, want, they don't want to comply. Uh, they don't want to be regulated, but they want to do, continue to benefit from state contracts. So we are actually putting this, we have put this forward to say, Anybody who must do business with uh, government uh, or any uh, organ of state uh, should actually uh, comply to get a, a, a employment equity uh, compliance certificate, which is critical uh, which uh, to, uh, in ensuring that financial benefits from the state uh, only accrue to organizations that are committed and willing to contribute to the transformation agenda of this country. So that is why we are doing this. and. Uh, we are saying that the state cannot continue to financially incentivize uh, organizations and, and employers uh, who are anti-transformation and those who resist complying with our labor laws. So in, in, in a nutshell, uh, with regards to uh, that uh, employment equity uh, chair, uh, that, that's an inquiry, that's what I would say to those, and I'm sure the DG will, will respond to others. But if I have to go back to the issues which were raised by, by Honorable uh, Mlenzana, uh, especially the, the question that Honorable Mlenzana raised uh, about, uh, uh, about naming and shaming uh, employers who have, there are, yes, I must confirm, and I'm sure the commissioners and the DG this, will also confirm, Chair, that there are employers uh, uh, who have claimed uh, fraudulently so for employees, uh, which never existed. But um, over and above that, there are employers who claimed um, uh, from tariffs and never dispersed uh, the monies to the employees. That is why we, we have um, a unit, uh, we 
uh, that will be explained further uh, in details uh, by the commissioner or the DG that deals with follow the money. And, and, and in terms of um, uh, whether we have brought to book uh, such people, yes, indeed, uh, honorable members, there are many cases that uh, have come to the fore and there are people who have been arrested. Uh, I can tell you of a case where Hawks have arrested a chartered accountant um, 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 uh, for fraud, uh, theft, theft, and money laundering. Um, the name of the chartered accountant is uh, Mr. Mark Foster, uh, who is out on a 10,000 rand bail um, from East London um, because he has defrauded uh, the department by claiming terrorists. Uh, um, uh, um, to the value of um, just uh, um, uh, uh, above uh, eight hundred thousand, there are those we are we have currently uh, uh, recouped uh, an amount of uh, uh, just above a billion rent uh, through this process of following the money. Uh, that's what we have done uh, over and above. Uh, there are those uh, cases. And there are many, and I think we do have a report to that effect in terms of the people who have been arrested, whether they are part of our staff members who might have been participate, participants in helping those who are defrauding our government or not. I think that report is readily available and can be made available to honorable members. And... Uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Honorable Melenza also asked whether the department has the capacity to spend. I think uh, I can boldly say yes, we are able to spend. And I think it is also, uh, this question is interrelated with the question of the chair uh, when you were asking whether, uh, I think uh, in terms of the report of our um, uh, uh, whether we are able to issue the report on underspending, overspending, and stuff like that. And I think we will further uh, say more on, on, on such a report, Chair, when we, we report about our, our reports from the AG. Um, and I'm sure we'll also overemphasize on the underspend, uh, under expenditure that we had to, to incur, incur uh, based on the fact that, uh, you know, some programs, and I, I think some, some of the things you'll understand, especially yourself, that you will plan for some activities and such activities does not necessarily, or the material conditions on the ground does not um, um, help you to actually then uh, uh, spend on what you have prepared for. Uh, I'll make an example about the recently held uh, uh, ILO um, Child Labour Conference, which we just held uh, uh, in from the 15th of um, April to the 20th of April in Devon. That conference was supposed to have been held last year. Now you would understand that it could not, it could not be held last year due to those unforeseen circumstances and it was only held recently and 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 based also on the report that you might have received that um, we did re re request a, a condonement from treasury and sometimes uh, 
I, I, I've seen that national treasury people are here. But sometimes I, I really believe that uh, some things uh, which are not necessarily supposed to, to be rejected from treasury, they are just uh, willy-nilly and uh, uh, being rejected. Because I think as one government, we are supposed to be knowing these uh, issues or what is this one on the left doing when the one on the right is doing. So I, I really think that sometimes it is unfair for or Treasury or any other government department to uh, deny us a certain uh, um, uh, uh, elements which can actually enhance our performance uh, in, in particular uh, like the issue of condonment. And I know that they have to deal with other processes and procedures. But um, yes, we do have the capacity to spend honorable Melanzana. Um, uh, but also, as I've said, the DG and the CFO will, will further elaborate on that. Uh, honorable Dikhale, uh, uh, yes, we can present a report, I think, uh, a breakdown report. Um, I think it also um, was raised by Honorable um, uh, Chairperson. We can report up, uh, or indicate uh, those opportunities uh, province by province, maybe also break it down to districts and towns. And rural areas also are included in the towns. Uh, if you say a Mount Frey, uh, then you will say Ilali You will attach the, the village of that particular town. So, <laughs> so I think we, we our system is able to 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 dissect that information and be able to provide such a, a report as to these opportunities from um, and 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 also the question that Honorable uh, raised about the the issue of us having to take the labor centers even down to the rural areas. <clears throat> Sometimes it is costly, I think, uh, maybe we'll get that report. It will be very costly to open a, a, a labor center where the number of people or beneficiaries are little. That is why we have visiting points where we are able to go to a village on particular, they say other villages will go once a month Others will go uh, bi-weekly based on the numbers. We will realize that we will go on a particular visit because we will get at least 150 uh, beneficiaries who will come uh, to the labor center or to that mobile uh, center. <clears throat> but we have come with the issue of the buses and I think we need to elaborate more on the successes of the buses. Uh, because we do have labor buses that I, I think honorable members, when they have time as part of their um, oversight, can be actually, we can arrange to take you where the buses are or where you are maybe in different provinces because the buses are operating in different uh, provinces where the, the services in the bus is actually a bouquet of services that when a, a client comes into that bus, when we have brought all the baskets uh, in the, uh, every service in a basket or in a bus, when uh, you have all the documentation, when you get out of the bus, the money is actually paid immediately into your account. We have even uh, uh, partnered with some banks, which actually goes with us with the bus wherever we go. 
Uh, I've seen Standard Bank, I've seen um, FNB, not FNB, yes, Standard Bank and FNB. Uh, I think we are engaging other banks so that if an, a, a, a client or a beneficiary who is supposed to, who is due to receive any funds that are outstanding or due to that person, uh, and they, don't, they need to have a, a bank a, a statement that says you have opened a bank. So those banks are there to issue such a letter with a stamp or open an account on the spot for the beneficiary. And that is why the beneficiary's money will, I, I, I've seen it happening myself where we were, uh, when somebody came with having one finger cut and when they checked in the system, he, he got money instantly. So we have been able to do that. <clears throat> so I would like to invite uh, honorable members uh, to, we can even supply honorable members with a, a schedule of such activities of the buses as to where they are going in different provinces so that honorable members, wherever they are, they can also be able to go and, and, and witness for themselves. But also most importantly, uh, <clears throat> Honorable Chair, uh, uh, some of these opportunities, I think I want to talk about the opportunities um, that we spoke about, uh, the 800,000 that are under review. Uh, some of these uh, uh, opportunities are not necessarily, there are those that are permanent, and I, I should think we will be able to give you the numbers and, and as to where they are deployed, uh, those that are permanent, but most of them are temporary. And you would agree with us, especially this, they are temporary from three months to six months, especially the assistant teachers. This, I think, is a good story to tell, to tell and is a good project, which can help us to deal with this, um, uh, not, not necessarily entirely, but slightly to deal with this unemployment uh, to, a, to a large extent. Uh, or if you have, we have appointed uh, between 350,000 to 400,000 um, assistant teachers for a period of three months, and the contract comes to an end, and we'll have to redo the contract. So I, I don't know why are we not appointing them fully, because we needed their service in the first place. And I think it also talks to the fact that in terms of our IGR, I think our intergovernmental relations is not enforceable to the extent that we need to be talking to each other, not working in silos like we used to. I think uh, our department, which is actually checking and coordinating all the employments within different various departments, must be talking to Department of Basic Education. We must be talking to Treasury uh, about how do we locate the budget? Where do we get the budget? Because we have to have a permanent budget for such. And it goes to also together with the issue of the uh, EPWP. I think one honorable member also raised the issue of the EPWP. EPWP initially was not supposed to be a permanent EPWP project. It was supposed to be a project where people are also trained and capacitated to also later take other possible employment where there are such opportunities or where such opportunities exist. But we have actually turned to making the EPWP projects something of a permanent, uh, temporary arrangement. And I think we, we, we need to be able to review with that because the EPWP, sometimes you find it either being under um, 
public works department in other provinces is under the premier's office, other areas is under COCTA. So for as long as we are not able to also consolidate and to say this project of CP uh, community works programs, for instance, where does it fall under? Or how do we consolidate such uh, other important uh, projects that we bring together and make sure that uh, uh, because the service is needed, and, and, and um, uh, I, I think uh, Honorable uh, Taiso, uh, I, I, I didn't capture most of the question that you raised, but I think yesterday our minister um, uh, spoke uh, about uh, one uh, the exactly some uh, the, the issue. I think you raised the issue of Sibani. I think uh, our minister actually went at length uh, into explaining the, uh, ex exactly what you are uh, presenting now. For a, How does uh, the CEO of Sibanye, who's getting 300 million, and the company's refusing just to give uh, the employees an increase of a thousand rand per month, but we have a CEO who's earning 300 million. Uh, this, this is the, I think it's a moral, question that needs to be answered at some point uh, by ourselves and uh, as to what do we think and I think um, in, in, in the discourse the, this matter has been discussed and I think um, the Minister Mandashi is talking uh, to the effect that we need to review Sibanye uh, license it might not necessarily be only Sibanye, but we might also through our own departments, through our inspections, uh, either review some of these companies which are not necessarily compliant. And I think uh, to be able to, to, to deal with such, such matters, I think uh, other matters <clears throat> that I might not have captured, I think the DG will talk about the issues of um, that were raised by um, uh, Honorable Telezi with regards to the priority number two, that talks to economic transformation, issues of successes and challenges, issues that talks to localization and um, or underspending, overspending, expectations uh, in the current financial year. Um, we can't compl uh, complain any further uh, of these austerity measures uh, because whether we like it or not, we understand the fact that uh, we've got a uh, 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 an economy that is actually stagnant and therefore um, we cannot be making any demands uh, to further be uh, allocated additional. We are trying to actually adopt to working with the little that we are given to do more with the little that we are given. And, and, and I think uh, we are with, like the many other departments, but I think uh, in the process of uh, implementing austerity uh, measures, uh, other uh, units are suffering uh, that are very key, like the CCMA. And I'm sure we can't overemphasize the issues of the CCMA because not only the CCMA, but also many other uh, of our entities are also struggling due to these uh, issues of austerity. And I think uh, maybe this is the right platform uh, for us to lobby uh, this department, because I, I hope honorable chair and honorable members do know that we do have factories and treasury in particular do, does know that uh, the Department of Employment and Labor has factories uh, across all the provinces except for Bumalanga. 
and the fact that we are dealing with, uh, they are dealing with PPEs, uh, we are dealing with uh, linen to, for hospitals and many others, uh, furniture, office furniture, school um, desk and chairs. Uh, but um, I think, um, uh, I think the CFO will explain it uh, clearly or that Demorotova will expand on it. I think there is either treasury regulation that makes it impossible for the entity, the SEE, to operate uh, to its full potential because we, we are told that uh, uh, like departments cannot necessarily buy from us because if the amounts goes up, uh, I think they will explain that uh, uh, gibberish uh, for lack of, of a better uh, word. Uh, uh, I think is uh, they will explain as to what is the hold up uh, with treasury that we are unable to utilize what we have as a department. And by the way, as a department, those factories are employing only disabled people, whether be they those who are intellectually challenged. Uh, to those who are physically disabled are employed and, and we recruit them from those special schools, by the way. So this is a very important and delicate um, uh, division within our department that I thought that uh, our uh, government must support, especially uh, uh, Treasury. Uh, 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 I'm sure the commissioner uh, will explain further issues of the successes of um, you, the terrors, I think we are all aware that we have spent over 60 billion rents just to rescue the situation. But I can I can safely agree with you, with your, your concern, even if you might not have disclosed it, Chair, that uh, out of the 60 billion, I don't even believe that 10% of that would have gone or benefited Black-owned uh, businesses, women-owned, young people-owned or rural communities. I, will, I can safely actually tell you that uh, mostly um, big business and white in particular had benefited uh, more on the issue of the tariffs uh, issues, the 60 billion. Uh, I don't even think 10 billion has gone to uh, over and above our people who are getting only the, those little monies that they benefited from. But uh, Chair, you, you raised uh, the issue of um, uh, uh, um, employment equity. I think we, we, we have launched the, the report. Uh, there is a fully uh, fleshed report that was presented of unemployment equity, which was launched uh, um, uh, uh, on the, 20, the 2020 uh, 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 employment equity report was launched on the 25th of June 2021. Uh, we still talks to the fact that uh, in top management, Africans are trailing at 15.8%. Uh, and colors are, are, are trailing at 5.7%, Indians at 10.6%, while whites are at 64.7%, and foreign nationals uh, at 3.1%. So we do have, fortunately, a fully-fledged report to that effect that can be made available to honorable members. We are not doing well as a country in terms of such figures. But I think um, the DG, the commissioners, and uh, uh, all our team members who are in this platform will be able to elaborate further on those um, uh, issues that I might not have reached, uh, Honorable Chair. On the issues of disclaimers, financial statements, uh, we, we, we have the team, I think they will explain, we do have team called, uh, uh, I don't know, disclaim, 
claim the disclaimer team that talks to the issues that are continuously raised by the AG, which are either uh, of uh, repeat offenses or repeat uh, uh, disclaimers. So they will explain further on some of those issues that I might not have reached. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I don't want to get too deep into this report. I think it's another speech from my side. Thank you so much. Thank, thank, thank you. Um, obviously, you, you are calling on uh, uh, the DG and the team to fill in this, the gaps where you didn't uh, uh, go. And so they, as I said, it's, it's were in your hands. Uh, DG, do you want to come in? Thank you, Chair. I'm going to ask uh, the CFO, Mr. Maduna, to just quickly touch on the finance issues and Mr. Murotoba. On, on employment related issues. Uh, and Kamel can then come in and, uh, and add to what Mr. Mrotoba is gonna talk about. Thanks, Chair. Uh, good morning, honorable chair and honorable members. I am gonna respond to the finance issues uh, that have been raised, starting with the very first one. If I can switch off my video chair. The very first one of KPF expenditure meeting the, the, the cash flow projections to indicate that, yes, uh, on a cumulative basis for the financial year, the expenditure that we do or the cash flow that we do does meet our uh, our, our, our expenditure save for maybe some timing differences on a monthly basis over during the financial year where maybe the delivery is slightly late hence the expenditure is not taking place as projected however the challenge comes uh, on the expenditure that uh, is not within our control here I'm referring to mostly capital pro projects, which are undertaken by our, our department public works, where I think we are really, really struggling and we have as a department suffered on the allocation of capital projects because we will make a request for, as the department has got a national footprint in terms of the labor centers across the country, uh, both uh, government buildings and lease buildings. We will make a request as our colleagues in the provinces in the provinces encounter problems with the buildings for some capital works to be undertaken. Only to find that that expenditure will happen two, three, four years down the line, and we've got the the challenge is here and now. So that's where I think we've got a huge challenge in terms of the expenditure and the cash flow being managed. Probably through the DG, uh, a joint response with the public works on this one will assist for future uh, capital projects because of the time it takes the, uh, from the request we have made and the time it takes for the actual expenditure to, to flow through. 
That is the 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 the, 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 the first one. The second one, in terms of localization, although probably given some time, I might probably give committee more in terms of graphs, graphs on figures. The localization, as we have seen from the presentation uh, that or on the finances that we have made, that our operational expenditure is very low for the department. Uh, basically, it covers the normal traveling expenses for the inspectors and for officials in terms of the overseas ILO duties. Uh, the goods and services included in there is the accommodation and the ICT expend, expend, expenditure, which takes quite a big chunk of money out of the weekly money that is left for operational expenditure. So the balance is mainly left for, for paying the, the accommodation and traveling for our officials. But I think uh, given uh, probably the time, the CFO might want to, to, to put some figures into this and how we, we are dealing with that. So apart from maybe the ICT cost, the accommodation is, uh, is, is a local one together with the traveling, but I might need will I will need to give the committee some information in terms of graphs and the amount for each category. Uh, the the easier one, since I am reviewing the financial statements for presentation to the audit committee in a few days, the underspending in this particular case for the department for the 21-22 financial year that we have just concluded. Chair, uh, the soon to be a public information is just not so good. Uh, our expenditure is uh, 15% against the past uh, under expenditure of around about 6%, 7% in the past three, four years. This time around, the contributing amounts to such a high under expenditure is the amount not spent for pathway management, which DG, I think, has elaborated on, which is uh, 238 million, which was not spent. Um, the next high amount is the compensation of employees due to vacancy rate of 155 million variance, uh, followed by, I think the DM has touched on this one. We budgeted 45 million for the child labor conference, which we earmarked to happen within the financial year. Unfortunately, it happened early in this financial year. And uh, the 45 million that we earmarked, we requested a, a rollover for it, which uh, at this stage, the indications are that our applications are not favorable. So we have that amount that we earmarked for that child labor conference of 45 million. Uh, followed by the 20 million, which I think uh, my colleague, uh, DDG IES, Samarotoba, will allude to that 20 million on the 
funded project on IES, followed by um, 18 million injuries on Jochi for uh, our late reconciliation of the CF on those invoices as a result that the whole amount was not paid over to compensation fund for claims against the injuries on duty or public servants. Those are just the high amount. I think the balance is just a small amount, probably on goods and services and some capital works that were not undertaken. But these are the ones that are very, very fresh in my mind that I can indicate to the committee as amounts that have not been spent in the current financial year, which unfortunately contributed to the 15% underspending on our total budget. So I think I have covered the financial uh, questions, save me before the localization in terms of the detailed uh, expenditure per category. Thanks. Mr. Sam Murotoba, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, on the 850,000 uh, 850, young people, um, in terms of the breakdown of where they are, they, they participated. Uh, we can provide that information because uh, the projects were not only limited to the Department of Employment and Labor. Uh, they were they happened across a number of government departments, uh, and and the the format, uh, for instance, the DM provided an example of teacher assistance. In the Department of Environment, they had uh, people doing different projects, etc. And Chairperson, if you allow us, we can provide that detailed information, including where uh, those uh, programs took place, their nature, uh, the localization, and, and so on, because we d I don't have that information uh, right now. On the 258, which is the... 20 million and the 238 million that uh, the CFO spoke about, it was the 20 million was for the appointment of interns. And honorable chairperson and members, you recall that this money came to us uh, during October and we had to do or set up the governance framework, the administrative processes in place and the administration. And as a result, we could not spend the money, but the DG did give you an indication of the recruitment that we have done, uh, which means that by the time we did the recruitment, uh, it was uh, towards the end of the year. We chose a long program that was uh, a year long so that we provide those young people with the necessary skills. We are giving them 6,600 67 rent, which is slightly above what the DPSA set of, that is 5,700. And this program is extensive because these young people are assisting other young people throughout all our labor centers. And we are not 
um, incurring any administration cost because we are using existing staff and the allocation in PES uh, to administer and support these young people in the internship programs. And we have uh, made a submission to Treasury and we believe that this is one of the areas that they should also uh, look uh, 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 favorably to us because it will put us uh, under tremendous pressure if we don't get this allocation. It means that we'll have to look within the department to carry these young people. And uh, we believe that this in the MTEF, we had made a plea that we run it in line with the pathway management over the years, but the allocation that was given to us was just for a year. On the 238, again, it was affected by the same. We have made a submission uh, for Treasury to consider uh, the rollover as uh, systems to roll out the pathway management were underway. And currently we are finding some of the aspects uh, from the 2022-23 allocation. And we believe that um, if we receive uh, uh, the 238 or a proportion thereof, we will be able to catch up and increase the numbers uh, of, of young people that we are supposed to assist. The role of productivity SA uh, includes uh, productivity promotion. Now, this program is funded uh, at around 64 uh, million, which, which is basically going towards staff salaries, rental for uh, offices, and leaving very little towards productivity promotion. Uh, and, and no wonder uh, the minister and everyone is concerned that uh, we occupy 60, uh, almost uh, uh, second or, uh, or so position out of um, 63 countries in terms of productivity, because um, the productivity concept is not well embraced or understood throughout the country. And we hope that with uh, more injection, we can see uh, the work of productivity, just like other productivity institutions in other countries that we work with, um, uh, occupying its rightful place. The second program is the Workplace Challenge, which is funded by um, the trade and industry. Uh, currently, it is costing them more than 30 million rent and the funding is, is only around 10 million and they are not able to do enough in this area uh, and there is high demand uh, for that program. As the department, we have also intervened and spoke to the UIF to fund the turnaround solutions, which is basically aimed at assisting companies that are not productive to turn around their focus and this is a very, very good program. Um, it's just that it's funded on a project basis and the entity is unable to make long-term plans because they depend on the uh, project funding and they can't have uh, people uh, employed uh, permanently uh, because uh, there's no guarantee uh, for tomorrow uh, on, on the project. Uh, the pathway vis-a-vis -vis EPWP, I don't think uh, pathway is replacing EPWP. 
EPWP is part of the pathway, uh, uh, the, the, the presidential uh, um, youth initiative programs. Um, we, we just make a distinction in terms of age um, of people in EPWP that are below 35 years of age and those that are above, but um, the intention was never to replace it or it, they, they are counted as part of, 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 of uh, the pathway management. Now, on our role in so far as um, assisting some of the graduates of these programs uh, into permanent employment includes registering them on the PES, that is the Public Employment Services Database, which can be assessed uh, throughout the country and through cell phone, uh, um, uh, internet. And we also register opportunities from uh, uh, companies. We work with CAPES, as the DG indicated, and other organizations. And we match the young people, including workers that were retrenched from various companies with the opportunities that exist. We provide them with counseling and we facilitate their placement in, in those companies because we do a short listing in line with the requirements of the company and provide a list to the company. And then the company does um, the final uh, appointment uh, from, from the list that, that we, 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 we provide. Um, I, I think, DG, I've covered um, um, those questions that relate to 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 PES, but Kamel can add um, as as indicated. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. Thanks, Kamel can come in. Um, thanks, DG. Thanks, um, Honourable Members. I mean, I think Sam has covered it pretty comprehensively. I think maybe just the um, a couple of points to flag in response to the questions, and thank you very much for them. I think some of them we've taken note of um, and we'll be reflecting on as part of the process going forward. But I think the points that I wanted to make, the one is that as part of the pathway management network, we are as the department already coordinating um, with all of the government departments who've signed the MOU. So that, as Sam has indicated, includes the Department of Public Works as key opportunity holders, as well as Department of Trade and Industry, um, DHET, so we're ensuring that we're linking with skills, etc. So as part of that coordination process, we're meeting um, quarterly and are reflecting on how to ensure that people who are joining, whether it's EPWP programs or um, presidential employment stimulus join any aspect of the um, any of the channels of the pathway management network, including through pairs or through other channels, depending on what works best for the program. And a key thing that we're recognizing is that young people are not staying in one opportunity. So I take the points that have been raised about why is the teaching assistant program not full time, and I think that that's a complicated question and one. Um, I'm sure National Treasury and the department would have strong views on. Certainly the program the department has decided will be sustained, but the young people themselves do change to give other opportunities. Um, and so Maro, the process... Ms. Maro? Hello? Yeah. I requested that let's have our videos on, please. Oh, 
apologies um and so but certainly what's happened at the moment in terms of the first cohorts of the for example teaching assistant program they have all joined the pathway management network and um we are tracking how many of them we are able to place into other opportunities the results are not yet what we'd like them to be but um certainly we have got um, an indication of what percentage of those teaching assistants are resuming further studies because some of them have become quite excited about the learning that they gain through the process and which ones have gone into employment and which ones are still looking and that um, information is available and we could share with the committee if that would be useful and that's something that we're um, building into all of the programs and we'll be able to report some of the broader aspects of the stimulus in relation to geography so that's broader than the pathway management network is already available on the um, presidency website um, as a breakdown in terms of where the allocations have been and similarly for the pathway management network by june 16th i hope um, we'll be able to have on our website um, in a transparent way the information about which young people have joined the pathway management network where they've joined and where they're pathwaying to including where those who have been on short programs have accessed we're also working closely as a department including through the labor activation program with the department of higher education and training and small business to look at a few key strategic programs where we are making sure that the young people that have gone through opportunities have access to learning opportunities to continue what they've developed and able to access further placement opportunities and so i think that that's also part of the process and what we're coordinating at the moment so i'm hoping dg that's answered um any of the remaining questions other as i said sam had um, responded pretty comprehensively thanks Kamel. Uh, chair i'll ask the commissioner of uif to talk on the on the on the on the COVID tears um, questions, Thanks. Mr. Maruping. Uh, thank you, DG. I hope my video is showing on that side, Chair. I think, Chair, given the extent of the questions and the detail required, I'm going to give a high level, and then uh, commit to submit a detailed report by Friday, Chairperson. Uh, let me start first with the payments to date. Uh, in terms of COVID test benefit, we've paid 64.3 billion rands. And this has been paid to uh, 248,000 employers and benefiting 4.9 million employees. And over time, as we learned and, and our, our controls tightened, we also paid directly to employees. We have paid to 660,000 employees directly to the tune of 2.7 billion rands. Uh, some of the lessons, uh, Chair, that we, uh, the, the lessons that we learned here was, there's, a, there's, there's been a lot of collaboration, in particular with the Feeding Center, the banks, the Hawks, NPA, SIU, and SARS. And this has led to us, for example, with the asset forfeiture unit, being able to arrest and bring back about 133 million rands through the, the function of the asset for future unit. <clears throat> uh, with SIU, we've been able to recover 22.3 million rents. And this was behind 700, 750 cases of, of COVID tests that were reported um, in the process. 
And uh, just to give some of the highlights, Chair, I think uh, Mark Foster has been, has been raised. We also have other bookkeepers that are also going through the process. Some of them have been arrested, they're on bail. We have syndicates that are going through investigation. We cannot disclose some of the details at this stage, but a number of syndicates across the country are being investigated with the assistance of the Hawks, NPA, um, SIU, and some of the of their assets has been arrested or has been contained such that there's no movements in those in those accounts as a result of our relationship with the banks. We have six convictions chair that can be confirmed. Um, some of them are going through sentencing. We had one case last week of a couple that was supposed to be sentenced, but uh, the judge requested additional information in terms of their payment arrangement with UIF before a sentencing uh, is confirmed. Um, the other institutions, uh, one of our greatest success was one company that we were able to, to arrest in a, to an extent that we had paid them uh, just over 113 million rents. But in, in, in that engagement with the help of the banks, the Fusion, the Fusion Center, we're able to recover the whole amount from that company that has been paid back to UIF. And that's the extent of our collaboration, our collaborative work with the Fusion Center, the banks, the Hawks, and NPA. That has brought about a, a much higher impact on, on arrest and recoveries. Uh, we employed the, the work of a follow the money as the deputy minister touched on. Uh, through that process alone, we have, we, have, we have been able to recover 918 million rents. But the good thing with the follow the money, it has triggered an additional 2.5 billion rents that has been paid back to UIF by companies who saw the, uh, the fraud case that were reported in the media, that's where they arrest, saw the court cases, they immediately started paying back money to UIF. And at this stage, 2.5 billion rents has been paid back to the institution. I think, Chair, with respect to the, the issue that you've raised around the business types owned by women, rural, province, uh, black-owned, uh, young people, I think we'll put together in the report that we'll submit on Friday that level of detail, uh, just to give that sense to the committee. I think I'll stop at that, Chair, or on the high level. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Compensation Fund, Mr. Vuyoma Fata. Thank you, Chair. Chair, if I may, I will not be able to switch on my camera, but I have a photo on. I have a correct uh, camera on the screen, so it doesn't show. That's okay. Um, That's okay, Commissioner. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Chair. Um, the, so when it comes to starting with the first question, Chair, that you've, uh, you've asked when it comes to the assets of the compensation fund under management. So as at the um, 31st of March, 2022, the total assets that the compensation fund has is about 92 billion. And uh, the net assets, when you've taken into account the liabilities, both for pensions as well as for future claims, uh, we have net assets of about 48 billion that the compensation fund has. The audit outcomes of the compensation fund collected share, as you said, it has been a disclaimer opinion. It has been a disclaimer opinion for a number of years now. The fund has been dealing with a number of systemic issues uh, related to the weaknesses in controls and systems, in processes around management of claims and collection of revenue. And um, there has been a number of action plans developed and adopted by the fund and the department 
to correct the weaknesses that have been identified, resulting in some of the newer systems that we have now implemented, the, some of the legislative changes that we've made, some of which the DM has, has spoken about, to try and correct the policy environment as well as the operational environment within the compensation fund to allow for a much better audit outcome. In the current year, the uh, DG has then appointed a set of, uh, of, of, of specialists that are working in the compensation fund to work with management to try and assist with dealing with now the now that we've corrected the systems to try and deal with the issues that have occurred in the past that are still continuing to find themselves in the financial statements of the fund. So correction of prior issues, as well as putting in place some of the uh, monitoring controls that we need to have to make sure that the audit outcomes at the fund are improved. And uh, there is, this is work in progress. We are anticipating that uh, for the audit year, for the 2022 financial year, there would be a slight improvement in the audit outcome, though it would not take us to clean audit outcome yet, but we are making a way towards that. So there is an action plan that is being tracked and uh, monitored that we are also presenting to the portfolio committee, as well as to um, the governance structures within the department in terms of progress that we're making in implementing that clean audit action plan. And lastly, Chair, you asked about the levels of compliance uh, in the compensation fund. The levels of compliance about it for, uh, from employers is concerning, Chair. It's, qu it's quite low. We have a compliance levels just below 50% of registered employers. And uh, to try and address that particular problem, we have created a specialized payroll inspections unit within the department's inspection and enforcement branch. And we've also um, taken over the funding for the occupational health and safety inspections uh, in the department to make sure that we can increase capacity there. And the capacity has been increased. And these are the things, initiatives that would also then help us to um, improve compliance levels by employers, both with regard to registration payment of claims, as well as um, making sure that uh, the workplaces are kept safe and where there is breaches in the controls that they've implemented, there is a timely and adequate reporting of incidents to enable funds to be able to attend to those that are injured at work. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Just to, um, just to um, zoom on those areas where um, we have not responded, um, you, you raised a question about the, the, our role in terms of economic transformation uh, and ensuring that the economy as it grows, it's inclusive. Uh, one of the instruments that we, firstly, we, we're part of the economic uh, cluster, um, which uh, affords us an opportunity to um, see what other government departments are doing in terms of the, the policy um, development and the policy implementation. And our role is to make sure that whatever policies that are developed are geared towards ensuring that as the economy grows, uh, that, that growth um, you know, encourages uh, absorption of people in employment um, and that that growth is, um, is, is, is inclusive. As you would know that um, in the past, the economy was growing at around five, six percent. 
and yet we were still plagued by um, by higher rate of uh, of unemployment. And I think that that's why your question around localization is very very important, because um, we should not be importing things that we can manufacture um, in, in in South Africa. So our role has been to um, work closely with other government departments, DTIC, um, to make sure that uh, localization is is uh, indeed um, implemented. Uh, these are part of the social compact that uh, that president has been speaking about. Um, all the um, the sector master plans that are there um, are a product of that engagement. And as a department, we part of the of, of the engagements the second the second instrument that we're using is what the dm spoke about um the employment equity um part of what we're bringing um to parliament is um the 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 promulgation of section 53 of the employment equity at which we delayed a long time ago because we, we were giving an opportunity to employers um, to be able to do what's, you know, what's best for the country. As, uh, and they asked for self-regulation. We allowed them to do so. Uh, we allowed them to set their own targets in terms of employment equity. Um, over the years, as the report from the Employment Equity Commission uh, has been showing us, that there's just no will um, to to transform. Uh, given uh, when you talk about successes, I'll just give you one example. I'm sure honourable members have heard of the <clears throat> the the agreement that we reached with uh, with Huawei um, when we analysed their employment equity reports um, versus the employment equity plans we realized that they were nowhere near what they said they would do, where the company was actually 95% um, uh, Chinese um, and, and um, even flouting the, the investment threshold of uh, 60, 60% 40%. So we took them to task. Um, we, in fact, we took them to court and they then asked for out-of-court settlement um, and we agreed, and part of the settlement includes um, that um, by a certain time they would have appointed that their their complexion um, would have changed completely, um, and fifty percent of the employees would be South Africans. But what is more uh, exciting for us is that they've undertaken that. Uh, they will take a number of uh, IT graduates in, train them, and then employ them full-time. The second aspect that excites us in this argument is that they will take uh, young people who do not know anything about IT, um, take them through training program, and, uh, and also provide them an opportunity to, um, to learn inside the, the company. So, we, I think we, 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 we got what we wanted. All what we need to do now is to monitor that, the implementation of that, uh, <clears throat> of that agreement. So the other thing that we do, Chair, which we think that uh, contributes immensely to, to job creation, um, besides 
the, the legislations that we come up with is the issue of ensuring that there's stability in the labor market. Um, without that, um, the investments that we, um, that the investors that we are inviting to the country and the investments that, that have been pledged um, will not see the see the any will not see any light um, if the labor market is not stable. That's why the CCMA is working tirelessly. They've got a strategy called Infuselelo, where they work closely with the with the company companies um, to so that they prevent uh, you know disputes. So their dispute prevention strategy is is working very well, um, and so far. Um, we've had fewer strikes compared to what we used to have, um, you know, uh, previously. If you read the the report that we publish on an annual basis, the the industrial action report uh, shows that indeed there's some good work that is um, that the department and the and and the entities are <clears throat> are doing. Of course, the challenges is that. Uh, you know, companies are playing um, a lip service to uh, to the whole concept of uh, economic transformation. And we haven't seen much uh, in terms of that. And we're hoping that with the this employment equity bill uh, and the power of government, um, you know, in terms of procurement of goods and services, we'll be able to to use that as an instrument to force companies who want to do business to business with government and uh, to comply. The, the that's the same sentiments that I would that I would express, Chair, on the broad broad based black economic um, um, empowerment. Um, we, we work very closely with the uh, the commission that 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 deals with broad based black, black economic uh, empowerment. Um, and and we use the same logic and thinking in terms of how we've structured the uh, the employment equity. And in fact, the, our report is also used by them um, in in arriving at some of the the reports that they they generate. One of the things that we we want to uh, focus on now is really the issue of income differentials. Um, and we've seen. I think there was a question raised by one honourable member here in terms of what our opinion are with regards to what is happening at Sibanye uh, mine. And we feel that uh, it's really, really um, absurd that you can have um, the huge gaps that you have in terms of what management is earning uh, versus what workers are earning. Um, and workers are calling for, are asking for a thousand rent a month um, and the company is saying no and yet they're paying the CEO 300 million um, a, a rent, 200 million rent. So those are the things that we, we're looking at working with the Employment Equity uh, Commission to make sure that uh, we point those things out and we take companies to task uh, so that those things can, um, can, can be addressed. Um, Yes, we do have a we do we do do a research chair. Um, the Employment Equity Commission is responsible for uh, for this work, um, and as DM indicated, the the issue reports um, uh, on on a, on an annual uh, on an annual basis.
Also, um, I think GM touched on the role that is played by the supported employment enterprises to make sure that we empower uh, disabled uh, people uh, to, pass, to participate in, in, uh, in employment activities uh, through, these, uh, through these factories. The, I think the, I just want to put this, uh, this thing into context, uh, Chairperson. This thing of the um, the public, the, the productivity of South Africa. The we've been at pains um, trying to solicit support for both the both productivity South Africa and the supported employment enterprises. Now, these factories, for instance, if I were to just spend a little bit of time on the, them. They are they're meant to empower disabled people. And in the olden days, they enjoyed preferential procurement status, um, meaning that the government was, um, you know, uh, procuring, uh, government departments were procuring uh, desks and, and, and other uh, garments and all that from this entity. And um, we never had um, issues relating to uh, the fact that they run out of money and we have to bail them out every now and then. And also the, the mindset, uh, Chair, that these factories will have to generate a lot of income. Um, the type of people that work there, type of people that work there have, uh, you know, some of them, when they need a break, you have to give them a break because of the kind of disability that they, uh, that they have. So when you measure your, your, your just-in-time um, in terms of delivery, don't use the same principles that you use when you're looking at a normal company um, because of the kind of disability that they have. So we've been only getting support from the Western Cape uh, provincial government. And that's what has been sustaining these, uh, these companies, except, uh, of course, with the... the, the, the the annual um, allocation that we get from National Treasury. For Productivity South Africa Chair, I think the, uh, Mr. Rotoba has indicated what is it that they do. The point that I would like to raise is government does not want to use these entities. So government departments will rather go out and use private companies, um, whereas you have, you have a government entity, we spend money paying uh, um, remuneration uh, every year and, and yet we have a resource in government and we don't want to, uh, to use this resource and that's why our competitive um, ranking has been going down uh, because we, don't, we think that we don't want to listen to one another as, a, as, as government uh, departments. Chair, I will leave it at that. Uh, with the hope, I think we've responded to um, to all the questions with the um, data that is needed that we don't have now. We will make sure that uh, chair that you get the you get the data uh, as soon as uh, Friday, which is what the commissioner UIF has has uh, indicated. Thank you, Chairperson, and the honourable members. Thank you, DG and your team. Uh, Honorable DM, um, before I close, do you have anything to say? 
DM. No, no, thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members. I think uh, um, that's far we could respond to and any outstanding information as the DG has alluded to will be presented to honorable members uh, in due course. And um, we thank you so much uh, for having uh, invited us. And we continue to promise that uh, from our side, we'll continue to support the work of of the the committee and and to be of assistance uh, with any information uh, needed uh, so far. Thank you so much. Thank you, honorable members. Uh, 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 Deputy Minister Buitumele Muloi and, and, and your team, thank you very much for taking time um, uh, to interact with the, with, the, with the committee. Just for completeness, um, the, the Standing Committee on Appropriations is dealing with the 2020 Appropriation Bill, which is the allocation of, of money uh, uh, between and amongst uh, national uh, government departments. This uh, is a follow-up to the Division of Revenue Bill, which de- uh, divides uh, money uh, amongst the three spheres of, of, of government. Um, <clears throat> so we've interacted and uh, you have provided some valuable information uh, and will request that uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the information which you have promised, please supply that, in, that, 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 in, that information. But before I close, let, let me, I think I'll just make two, two, two comments. Um, um, DG, there are issues which uh, uh, reside uh, with the executive. For instance, we are, we are making an issue about uh, de- other departments not wanting to support your department on some of the initiatives through your institutions. I think it's a, it's a valid point. But I, 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 I always take it that there are a lot of, you have got your teachers forums, you have the, uh, there's cabinet and so on. I think let, let the executive deal with its issues, right? Let the executive, because we don't want to get the impression that you are operating in, 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 in silos and you also don't want to be seen to be overreaching. But the issues which are between and amongst departments, let them be resolved at, 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 at that level. Uh, and, and ultimately those things should be elevated to the head of the, of, of the executive, the president. And 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 we resolve those the, those 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 issues. Number two, DM, um, we were still going to have an engagement with uh, the comp- uh, the compensation uh, commission. Um, I'll 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 tell you why. We you can't have an institution which is managing about ninety two billion rents, uh, getting disclaimers. It's uh, for, from where we are seated as the committee, there's a crisis and it can't just be business as usual. Um, we want to get closer to that. We are responsible as parliament for the funds of the people of South Africa. So definitely it's for, for us, it's, it's, it's not aimed by red light, it's a crisis. And uh, um, we, <clears throat> we are still going to engage, even if we are good selves as, as the political heads of, 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 of uh, that institution. That what's what's happening? We it's 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 a, a, a disclaimer. This is the worst audit opinion that you can find, where the auditor general is saying that we can't form an opinion on 92, 92 billion rand. So uh, I'm sure there 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 are issues 
but it's not just a one-year thing or two-year thing or three-year thing or four-year thing or five-year thing. This has been uh, an, an abnormal situation has been normalized. Uh, a lot of departments don't have so much money under their, under, under, uh, their management. Uh, so we are having an institution, a 92 billion rand institution, and uh, <clears throat> I think at a political level, we'll, we'll, we'll take it up with your good selves, but uh, uh, rest assured that we are still going to engage with, uh, uh, with the compensation fund and, and to better understand the situations here. We, we deal with rents and cents here. Uh, we look at how well our, the monies of the public are, are managed. We, we also want to see the impact of, the, of, 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 of that money. DG, uh, that, that, that can't be normal. So I'm just saying that uh, as I give you part course, uh, you, yeah, definitely there needs to be a further engagement on, 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 on that. With those words, uh, thank you very much for availing yourselves at, 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 at the end. We know that these days there are a lot of things that take call for your attention, but you, uh, you took time to, to come and, uh, and engage with the, with the committee and with the people of South, of South Africa as to what is happening in your department. Thank you so much. Uh, you are excused, but if you want to remain, we are a transparent committee. You may remain until we, uh, we, we finish the, uh, uh, the, the, the meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I you. think we will actually uh, uh, recuse ourselves. <laughs> no, you just said it. We've got many other issues that we must attend to. Thank you so much for your, your, the invite. Okay, okay. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Uh, oral members, uh, Darren, do we have any announcements? Chairperson, yes. Um, I received an apology from Mr. Sarupen after the meeting has commenced. Yeah. And then uh, our next meeting will be on Friday with the Department of Water and Sanitation. Meeting will start at 9. Water and Sanitation? No, not water and sanitation, social development. Sorry, social development. Yeah. <laughs> they listen to you love them. Okay, no, it's 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 it's, 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 it's social it's social development. Um, let's let's deal with the other matter that we spoke about yesterday evening. Uh, Darren, for this you remember, my um, my matter, your matter. No, okay. Jefferson, you can you can go ahead with that one, Jefferson. No, no, I, I, I was I was saying you, you must you must call me. Um, we 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 are <clears throat> will be having a national treasurer making a presentation on the uh, on the last quarter performance of the last financial year. I think on the first. But in in that meeting, we have also asked because now they've got the whole picture as to what is happening. We've also asked national treasury to tell us about uh, the departments which are, are underspending. Uh, so that will be a part of. Uh, their, 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 their presentation, something which this committee has um, uh, uh, focused on. Yes, that's this, this, this the matter that I wanted to bring to the attention of, of the honorable members. In the absence of any other announcement, uh, honorable members, thank you very much. Uh, our, 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 our support staff, uh, everybody on the platform, this meeting stands adjourned. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, President. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Chair.
Thank you. Thank you, Mashile.